Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. When they confuse homosexuality with pedophilia, the people in power want to protect children and young people from us. It is very difficult to deal with this psychologically. And then, under the pretext of child protection, they pass laws that harm the children themselves. They harm all children, but even more homosexual children. I decide what I buy in the shop, what I do during the day, and what I do at night, who I live with, who I travel to, who I vote for, what I believe in, and what to think. But do we really decide everything freely? Humans have a strange relationship with freedom. Often we say that freedom is our most important fundamental value, yet other times we tolerate being told what to do from above. So why is this dichotomy? Is there an objective level of freedom? And what would we do for it? Hi, my name is Alexander Damiano Ricci, and this is Freedom in Hungary. In this podcast series, we tell the stories of six people from Hungary whose lives have been shaped by the concept of freedom. She knows what she wants, how she wants it, and she does it. This is how Maria Christofi's mother would describe her daughter. A child so determined and intelligent that she was already left, quote-unquote, alone at the age of six. Meaning, she was allowed to go to school on her own at that age. Even if she had to cross two very busy roads. But her mother knew that nothing would happen. And in fact, nothing ever happened. This determination as a child led not only to her parents' unconditional trust in Maria, but also to Maria's ability to defend herself and others when life demanded it. For example, on a snowy winter afternoon, when she and her friends were on their way home from school in Bethlehem Gabor Square, and a group of older boys blocked their way, Maria, who at the time was only 10 years old, told the girls to stop. Then she went on alone and chased the older boys away. I was not afraid, and I have done it many times in my life. By pulling myself together and moving forward firmly, I could avoid any inconvenience, cause trouble for others and protect myself. I have always defended others, and I stood up for them even when I knew I might suffer some physical or psychological harm. Even later in life, for example during adolescence, Maria remained extremely firm and rational. That is why she could not understand why, when she thought she was in love with boys, she dreamt of girls at night. 
It happened to her unequivocally and repeatedly. She dreamt of walking hand in hand, hugging with them and kissing. Then the awakening. Nem ment tovább a történet, és nem nagyon sokáig nem értettem, hogy miért, és hogy később, amikor úgy. The stories I dreamt of did not go on, and for a long time I did not understand why. Later, when I became more aware, I realized that maybe I was waking up because I simply didn't have any information in my brain about what else could happen. So there you go. In my opinion, dreams create connections between all kinds of existing memories that are in different places in the brain. Connections that are not made when you're awake and when there's nothing connecting them, at least. That's how I explained it. I have always been fond of reading. You couldn't get a book out of my hand. I mean, as an avid reader, it was obvious. Not knowing who to ask, not knowing anyone who could answer my questions, I started looking for answers in books. In short, I started looking for stories in which something similar to what I was dreaming of happened. Or I went looking in libraries, in psychology books, in books on sexuality. I must say that I didn't get much smarter because of these readings. <laughs> so, somewhere, I found out that it was about being gay. But at that time, it was treated like a medical problem. Yet I never for a single moment felt that I was sick or that something was wrong with me. It has always been and still is a completely natural state for me. És én egy pillanatig nem éreztem soha az életemben azt, hogy én beteg lennék, vagy valami bajom lenne, hanem nekem ez egy teljesen természetes állapot volt mindig, és most is az. There is an interesting contradiction in all of this. Maria is definitely a determined woman who knows what she wants, and she does it. Or at least that is how she described herself. But at the same time, in the years following what she narrated, She embarked on a path that was established or in line with the expectations of the time, even though she knew or suspected that it was not the right path for her. Yes, but I am also very realistic. So there, after all, I didn't see what could be done or how my identity could be lived. But there was also a lot of thinking like, you know, it's just a segment of my life. And that, after all, there were other segments of my life where I could, so to speak, go in the direction I wanted, where I would be comfortable. Following Maria's terminology, the most important segment of life in this sense was for her definitely singing. On the one hand, singing, yes. And on the other hand, family. I have always loved children since I was very little. And it was quite natural for me to want to have them, wanting to be a mother. And, of course, there was no other way but to be able to have children in the context of a couple of relationships, a straight couple of relationships, to use a more recent expression. So how did Maria experience all of this? Did she experience it as a compromise? No, I don't think so. It was not like that. I simply felt that it was okay for me, that it worked. 
And it worked. I met someone who gave me a sign. And I even got married. In hindsight, I have to say that if I had more experience in relationships, we probably would have have just remained very close friends. But at the time, it was also about getting married to leave home. It was a way of becoming self-sufficient. Not because it was bad at home, but simply because it was what I wanted to do to live my independent life. Maria married relatively early, and at the age of 30, she was already the mother of three children. But at that age, she already knew that the reason why she did not feel entirely comfortable, the reason why there were problems between her and her husband, the explanation was that Maria was lesbian. And so she realized that she wanted to connect with a woman, both emotionally and physically. But she didn't tell anyone, including her husband. As I started to feel bad in this situation, I built a wall between my husband and me. A wall that started in the marital bed. And it made me feel horrible. Yet I did it anyway, and I thought, no, no, I don't want my husband to come near me. Of course, then sometimes it happened. And so, eventually, the third child was born out of the blue. But all that was an incredible frustration for me. It is clear from Maria's account that she was not the only one experiencing the situation badly. Her husband was also unhappy. But according to Maria, he was, quote-unquote, a peaceful man who accepted her reticence. According to Maria, he never asked her if she was gay for fear of hearing the answer. More generally, we have never spoken about homosexuality in this country. In fact, the most we have allowed ourselves in public discourse has been a few jokes about gays. That's about it. No, there has never been any reference to gays in public discourse. In the early part of her life, Maria always kept her greatest secret to herself. And she tried to find happiness in other areas of life. Her talent for music was already evident in primary school and she would later be a member of the school choir. She always continued to sing, even in high school. It was clear that after graduation she would go to music university and that she would become a professional singer. So she then joined the Hungarian radio choir. This was her job for 37 years. But at the time, it was also her free time. Music has been as important as my family all my life. I don't like to prioritize one thing over the other. I prefer to put them side by side. And I would say that making music actively with my body, which is my instrument, my psyche, has helped me. That is an essential aspect of how I have lived and how I have been able to live. So the increasing psychological tensions that I felt because I was uncomfortable in my relationship with my partner were compensated for, to a large extent, by the things I received from music. Making music allowed me to experience many of the positive qualities I think I have. It was important to me. Like creativity, the ability to adapt to each other, do something together and complement each other. With music, we bring incredible joy to ourselves and others. Music has regulated many cathartic moments for me during my life. I think the average person would already be lucky to experience a couple of them, but they happen to me regularly. And then, music helped me live through the moments that were not so great when things went wrong. What does Maria mean by 
things that went wrong. Hát amikor azt éreztem, hogy hogy hú, ezt most már, hogy, hogy éreztem. Well, when I heard it loud and clear, wow, I just can't handle myself now. How can I go living like this? Deep down, I knew I couldn't live any other way, because I just didn't see how I could. On the other hand, I didn't see how I could do it, because I didn't have the financial means to support myself. For example, I couldn't move. And besides, I had no intention of leaving my children. Where could a single mother with three children go? At a certain point in her mid-30s, Maria began to think that it was possible for two women to form a couple and that it was possible to live in a lesbian relationship. The change of perspective was linked to a movie. In 1982, Hungarian cinemas screened Karoli Mack's film Another Way. Besides the centrality of the historical and political thread, this is the first time that Hungarian audiences see a lesbian relationship in a positive light. Interestingly, the two main roles are not played by Hungarian actresses, but by Polish guest actresses, so to speak. I saw that, yes, a lesbian relationship can exist. Two women can love each other and one can fully experience the relationship. I was 33 years old. And I had already read the novel behind the film. I don't remember how much I understood it at the time, what exactly it contained, but I liked the movie. It was the one that, in a way, turned on the spotlight. The experience of watching that film of Karoli Max Another Way triggered something else in Maria. It reassured me. I had never thought I was the only one, but I had also never seen such women around me. So it was a big surprise, or a realization all of a sudden. But how did the first true love come into Maria's life? When did the moment of freedom come for her? As the years went by, Maria fell more and more in love, but she had to wait another 23 years after the film Another Way to achieve complete liberation. The film really meant a lot to me. And from then on, I had these emotional flashes about women. They mainly were platonic crushes. I don't know, for one of my son's kindergarten teachers, for example. And I would say, oh my God, the kindergarten bus is coming. The kindergarten bus is coming. And on it is this particular kindergarten teacher who I really like. And so this this kind of little girl crush. The point is that by that time, however, Maria was already a grown-up woman. Yes, I was already a grown woman. But that's how things go. There were first love feelings. Then I met someone with whom I became very close and fell in love. We spent a lot of time together. At that time, we lived close to each other. She would leave the children at her house and I would leave the children at hers. I mostly went to her house. Then we watched movies there, talked a lot and drank a bottle of red wine. So we had fun and I went back to her house again. 
After a while, I truly fell in love. And then it was at least two years, more than two years, before I found the courage to tell her, thinking about what might happen. I thought I had to talk to someone about it, because she was the first one I talked to about it. I told her I was in love with her, and she said she suspected I would tell her, but to keep everything as it was. I knew there was no hope, because she was immovable. And then another long year passed without that love being accomplished. Meanwhile, Maria's children had grown up and the family inherited a house on the other side of the town. But things by then had changed both existentially and familiarly. And Maria felt able to separate from her husband and tell her children honestly about herself. All three reacted differently. I spoke to them separately. I told them how I felt about their father, how I felt about the women, and how I felt about them. How important they are to me, and how much I love them. But in any case, one of the greatest gifts of my life is that they are the way they are. Very different from me. I had to take note of that at the time, because these children did not inherit my basic nature, but their fathers. And they are much more peaceful but also less tolerant of problems. But they do it in a very peaceful way, so they are also very different. I told them everything because I wanted to talk about myself. But at that point, at the age of 47, I was already able to explain things to myself for the last 20 years or so. I could answer practically all the questions that arose in me and others, depending on my situation at the time. I told my eldest son first, and he just stood there, didn't say anything, just hugged me. Úgyhogy ő egyszerűen csak át nem szólt semmit, csak átölelt. Aztán a lányomnak is elmondtam. Én azt gondoltam, Then I told my daughter. I thought I would be able to talk about it better with her, who is a very empathetic person and also has a very good sense of pedagogy. But since then, she has been very resistant to these issues. I don't know, I've never been able to talk about it or confront her about it. I hit a wall somehow. And then I told my youngest, who was 16, 17 years old at the time. I told him the same thing I had told the other two. I do not remember if he acted specifically. But afterwards, he came home, went to his room, closed the door behind him, said hello, said thank you, whatever. We didn't really communicate. It was very, very difficult for me to accept at the time. After a year, I took the courage to ask him, why, why don't you speak to me? He told me that I left their father for money. Many times I said to myself, my God, that's what he got from all of this. And then, over the years, I came to the conclusion that this was indeed their problem, and still is. In fact, the family in which they lived and felt safe had broken up and disintegrated. In short, in the case of his youngest son, it would seem, according to Maria, that the problem was more the end of the divorce than homosexuality as such. In, in Yes, I think so. But I tell you, living the situation and feeling the emotions, I think was more of a show of affection than anything else. Even when they were resisting. It wasn't just about the family, but in a way that it was more important to them. It was a bigger issue. I mean, that we were no longer a happy family, or I don't know what. At that point in her life, Maria was 47 years old. 
And although she has shared her most important secret with her children, she was unable to talk about it with her husband. Neither was she able to do it at the time, nor would she have been able to do it afterwards. And neither of them ever took the initiative, although they have remained on good terms ever since. But seven years after the separation, in 2005, on a Sunday afternoon, Maria made an important decision. I was 55 years old at the time. One evening in early January, I somehow got hold of one of these free magazines and found an advertisement. I still remember that in the bottom left-hand corner, there was an advertisement and a phone number. I called. It was a Sunday evening. I remember that very well. And so, at 55 years of age, that was the first time I could talk to someone about my being gay and know that there was someone there who was listening to me. They understood what I was talking about. They asked me a couple of things that helped me, helped me get on with what I was saying. They listened to me and knew what I needed, what information I needed, and how they could help me. So this is when Maria's second life began, a life fully open to herself. Thanks to the telephone line, Maria came across Labris, an NGO where she finds a sense of community and companionship. Soon, Maria too became an activist. The girl who chased away the boys as a young girl came back into the limelight. Today, Maria fights for the well-being and rights of others, helping them to stop behaving as she did in the meantime, however, it is a whole new political face and landscape. And the yearning for progress that has been present for 30 years is gone. On the contrary, the situation has been turned upside down. Not by a few extremist groups in the streets, but by the political authorities running the country. Through the legislative process. In fact, in 2021, the Hungarian parliament approved a law by which promoting homosexuality and gender change surgery to minors will be forbidden in Hungary. According to NGOs and international organizations dealing with fundamental rights, the Hungarian law conflates pedophilia and homosexuality. Also, according to the text of the law, only specific organizations identified by the government itself are allowed to give talks on such topics in schools. In mid-2022, the European Commission referred Hungary to the Court of Justice of the EU over the anti-LGBT law. A decision is still pending at the time of the release of this podcast. When they confuse homosexuality with pedophilia, the people in power want to protect children and young people from us. It is very difficult to deal with this psychologically. And then, under the pretext of child protection, they pass laws that harm the children themselves. They harm all children, but even more homosexual For this reason, it is important that more and more gay people openly declare themselves as such, so that others see that is the reality of the situation, and that the neighbor, the butcher, the postman, in short, anyone, can be gay, and that they always remain the same person and always do their jobs. What does Maria suggest to people who still do not feel comfortable saying openly that they are gay? To people who are struggling with the same issues she has been experiencing for almost 40 years, young or old. 
I have faith in young people. They will take charge. I am talking about teenagers and those in their 20s. This non-college generation, in short, high school students, have the courage to take up the issue. And so it will become more visible. Unfortunately, I have to say that it is the older generations that live in places where it is complicated to declare themselves homosexual. I do not encourage them to take the responsibility to say so, because I know it will cause them all kinds of inconvenience. But what they should be told, as encouragement, is that they are not alone, and that they should find a place where they can accept themselves. So we asked Maria if being an activist also means having an educational role with young people. It's not so much about education, because information can be obtained in other ways, but about setting an example for oneself. There is the so-called Getting to Know LGBT People school program, in which I'm an active speaker. It takes place in schools. You're invited to a lesson or a day dedicated to health issues. Suppose a child bullies someone who is supposed to be gay. Well, then two of us, a lesbian woman and a gay man, go to the school and tell their life stories in part. And we talk about homosexuality in not the terms of a thing of the devil, but how it can be lived, how there is nothing wrong with it. Young people today are becoming aware of their gender much earlier than we were 20 years ago. For minors, this is very important information. There are many people who recognize that they are attracted to their own sex at the age of 14 or 15. And for the rest, it's good that their classmates also know that this or that classmate of theirs is gay, and that there is nothing wrong with that. In short, that they know it. It's just one of the characteristics of many people. Maria has held more than 60 meetings around schools. It also happened that some of the children declared themselves at the time, and that they spoke openly with everyone present about the issue. A kind of moderation that helped the younger ones. Because if it can be a burden for adults, imagine for the younger ones. According to the Hungarian law that was passed in the summer of 2021 and which originally only penalized pedophilia, these school meetings and talks, which are liberating for some children, will be considered homosexual propaganda. For the time being, it is not certain that they can be carried out in every mode as previously. But Maria is not giving up. If necessary, the program will be modified, but she still wants to continue just as she has never regretted coming out as gay at the age of 47 and living her identity openly and honestly after almost 40 years of secrecy. At the end of our meeting, we asked Maria if she thinks she found happiness at the end of this journey. Actually, I had to search for quite a while. Finally, when I started looking at these dating sites at the age of 55, I met someone with whom I had my first big love experience. You have to imagine that at 55, I was as silly as a 15-year-old, but completely fulfilled. I mean, it's not that I was mindless, but I don't know how to explain it. I experienced almost uncontrollable bursts of emotion and everything that goes with it. It was fantastic. The relationship lasted almost a year. Then I had a couple more relationships, and the last one in cohabitation ended about three or four years ago. I was with someone I loved very much, 
And I think I still do. A series of silly circumstances led to the end of that relationship. I have been single ever since. And somehow, I now feel that I don't want to be in that kind of a relationship anymore. The kind of life I'm living right now is surrounded by a more balanced group of friends. I don't really miss having that kind of relationship. Of course, you never know, because love could return at any moment. But now I live a balanced, happy and blissful life. De én most így kiegyensúlyoztam, boldogan, boldogan élek. This was the sixth and last episode of Freedom in Hungary, a podcast series in which we ask people from Hungary to share their thoughts and visions about freedom, sharing their personal stories. This Europod podcast was produced in partnership with the Hungarian Budapest-based podcast production agency Bitone Studio. Freedom in Hungary is a podcast part of the Sphero Network, the first network of independent media in Europe, which aims to reinvent the media space and paint a new picture of Europe through impactful, unbiased, raw and authentic stories. This podcast show is also available in its original language, in Hungarian. The editor-in-chief of Freedom in Hungary is Anita Nieser. The editors are Susanna Fasekas and Luca Lukacs. The original host and narrator is Andras Batis. The selection of soundtracks and original post-productions by Adam Gongosi. The creative producer is Balas Roman. The producer is Richard Hanford. Sound editing and mixing of the English version is by Jeremy Bouquet and Thomas Kosberg from Bull Media Podcast Agency. The English voice of Maria Cristofi is by Bianca Bittencourt. My name is Alexander Damianorici. Want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise, start to listen. <laughs>